What's your story, Morning Glory? I always laugh when I say that to someone. It's like saying, how are you or what's up? Um, Probably more like what's up. I can't take the credit for it, even though I often do. It comes from a song in Bye Bye Birdie when all these teenage girls and probably boys can't remember in the whole scene, but where they're calling each other on the telephone and somebody says, what's your story, Morning Glory? And I just think that's funny, so I use it all the time. And most of the time, I don't even think people get the reference. And so they just think I'm being funny, which is not wrong because I am pretty funny in real life. I do think we all have a story to tell. And sometimes when you invite somebody to tell their story, good things happen both for the storyteller and for the listener. This week, I got to tell my story, a part of my story, to somebody. And I think it was amazing for both of us. And so let's talk about the how and the why and the where and the when of how we can all tell our story and the stories that need to be told. Let's start first with the fact that we were not created to be alone. If that were so, there would have only been Adam, end of story, right? But God actually says in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And it's interesting because right away, everybody will know who that suitable, suitable <laughs> instantly. Can I get through an episode without having complete failure of my mouth working? Seriously. It's okay though, because it, let's be honest, it makes you laugh. He, we all know who the suitable helper is, but interesting in verse 19, it says, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man, to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature. That was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And so for all of you dog and cat lovers, and I don't know, maybe there's a couple Siegfried and Roy type people out there who love like wild animals. That's awesome. But they are not your suitable helper. And I don't think that that God is saying everybody's destined to be married, but we are destined to be in relationship with other humans. So make sure to mix it up, people. Um, I get it. Animals give people um, a whole kind of unconditional love that humans don't. Totally understand that. But God made us to be in relationship with other humans. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. 
And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Love it. So there's other places in the Bible um, that talk about being in relationship with others. And the verse that comes to mind, I need to quick dig it up, is Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Love that. And I actually heard one time that iron and iron actually kind of like there's a conflict and it is that conflict that helps to sharpen. So it's not always bad to debate and to discuss and to listen to somebody else's opinion. I don't know that we have to always claim right or that our opinion is better but it definitely helps when we listen to others and when we communicate with others and when we share our stories and also in turn listen to somebody's story. And so I called a business acquaintance for business purposes and said, hey, this is Chris Baki and I shared what I wanted to talk about, but then I was like, oh my gosh, um, did I get that right? Because sometimes I feel like I have Louis body's dementia and I forget things. And the person was like, oh my goodness, my mom had Louis body's dementia. And through just making light of the fact that I might genetically be inclined to have Louis Potty's dementia. I don't even know if it's genetic or not, but making light of my forgetfulness, it was divine intervention to open a door for me to share my story to help this person. And in so doing, this person got to share their story and it was moving and it was helpful and it was healing for both of us. That is being in relationship with others. And this is somebody that I don't see or hang out with. But God knows that. And God knows that sometimes those stories are meant for our closest family or our closest friends and sometimes our stories are meant for strangers or acquaintances. And maybe somebody listening today doesn't know me, but in so hearing the stories that I'm telling may be able to use it for some greater good. I don't know. I just know that I like telling my story and I also like listening to other people's stories. And in so doing, I think we become better people. So spoiler alert, the best story we can ever tell is the story of Jesus. And 
that's why I do this podcast. I call myself the hippie Christian who cares because although I go to a Lutheran church, I really like to say I'm a hippie Christian because I just want to love God and love people and all of the rest of the man-made rules that go along with any church that you go to. I just don't want to worry about those. I want everybody to love God and love people and know that Jesus Christ is their savior. And the interesting thing is, is that God gives us this story or these stories to tell that connect us to each other and to God. And in so doing, hopefully somebody will come to know Jesus. It would be easy just to hand the whole world a Bible and say, here you go. But somehow it is in the interconnectedness. I can't even believe I got that right. Of our stories that move people and motivate people and inspire people. That is why God calls people to preach the word of God. That is why God calls missionaries to go and share the good news with people who don't know Jesus. That is why God calls all of us to do what we do so that we can be in relationship with each other and be in relationship with God. And so I have three stories of Jesus and how he connected with others and clearly shared his story, but also listened to their story. And I say that I'm going a little bit rogue because we like to take, Christians like to take our Bible very seriously. And when somebody questions like, mm, do you think that's true? Or do you think that really happened? Oh, we go ballistic. And I giggle because I think there's a lot that we don't know. Of course there is. God is almighty. And if he wrote every last detail of the story in a book, it would be volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes. So he gives us the cliff notes of all the answers, of all the necessary things we need to know. And the rest can be filled in when we get to heaven, and it will be amazing. And so I'm going to fill in some things that I think could have happened. And the first story, I'll give you the... Um, I'll give you the verses um, so that you can look it up and read what the Bible says, but you're definitely going to get um, the hippie Christians version of these stories. And the first one is Jesus and a man named Zacchaeus. So it's Luke chapter 19, one through 10. And it's interesting because we know that Zacchaeus is a tax collector and he is wealthy. And there are hierarchies of tax collectors. And when you get to a certain point, you are bringing in the money. It's almost like pyramid networking. 
network marketing, you know, the sort of the scam sort of ones where, you know, the person at the top is getting all the benefits from the people at the bottom. And that's sort of how tax collector stuff would go. And Zacchaeus is wealthy. He's also short. And I think it's super interesting that they point that out in the Bible. But he's short enough that he literally climbs a tree to see Jesus. And he's heard about Jesus and he's intrigued by Jesus. And and I'm that's the power of Christ. So he climbs in a tree. And when Jesus comes by, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house. And people are outraged. And here's the thing. He calls them by name, which I think is so amazing that we have a God who calls us by name. But it's not just because this short guy's in a tree. He knows that Zacchaeus has come to see him. And he wants to see Zacchaeus. And so the next few verses talk about how people are outraged that Jesus is going to Zacchaeus's house. I'm sure there were taller, prominent people. That's funny. It was a joke about taller people. Um, but no, I'm sure there were nicer, kinder, um, more law-abiding people that loved God, he could have gone see, gone to see. But Jesus knew that Zacchaeus needed to hear his story. And, and before we even know what happened at Zacchaeus's house, we hear Zacchaeus proclaiming and confessing that he has cheated people and he will pay them back and pay them more than what he um, took from them and he will live a life for Jesus. And I think that is so amazing. And so what did they say? It's That's not what's important. What's important is the outcome. But I'd like to think that when Jesus got to Zacchaeus's house, he asked him about his life and he asked him why he did what he did. And Zacchaeus, who knows, did he start with excuses? Did he start with justification? Did he instantly say, I feel like a jerk. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. Who knows? But I'm sure Zacchaeus got a moment to tell his story. And in so doing, he is forgiven. And Jesus gives Zacchaeus a chance to hear who he is and why he is, has come. And gives Zacchaeus that forgiveness that only comes from Christ. The next story is in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. And it is Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman at a well. Huge favorite of mine. Huge favorite of mine for a lot of reasons. One is because Samaritans and Jewish people were not friends. And so the fact that Jesus was being 
friendly to somebody of a foreign race was awesome. That definitely teaches us to be way more open-minded than we are. The second thing is he also was communicating with a woman and women were not held in high esteem at that moment in time. And still somewhat today, pay attention church and maybe if we did what Jesus did, we would think about women in church roles. Some churches do better than others, all I'm saying. But take note of what happens to this woman in this story. And it's interesting because in this particular story, we do get to hear some of the conversation. And I'm not sure that we hear all of it because how does the disciple John write the story if he wasn't there? Well, he writes the story based on the account of what Christ shares about the story and about what the woman shares about the story. And then he brings it together to write this gospel. And of course, inspired by God to do so. So again, I believe that Jesus is going to talk about the significant points, the points that are going to point to us to the things that we can resonate with and we can learn from. But she's a pretty sordid lady. She has lived a tough life. And while we can judge her based on what we know is good and bad and acceptable and unacceptable in this world, you can't really judge somebody until you have been where they are at and until you have fully understand, understood, not understanded. <laughs> I almost said that, embarrassing. But until we do understand somebody, that's really where I was going, we can't truly we can't truly judge them. And the great news is, is that Jesus doesn't either. He speaks the truth and he speaks the truth in love. And he doesn't say wrong is okay, but he does grant grace and mercy and forgiveness and gives her a new opportunity. In fact, she then proclaims and can and oh what's the and evangelizes the messiah to others and people are intrigued and they come to see Jesus and listen because of what this woman said her story mattered to Jesus and his story changed her life the next story is also a favorite of mine because I don't think that we also get the full story here. It's a story that comes from Luke 
chapter 10, um, 38 through 41. And it is the story of Mary and Martha. And you may remember this story. And if you don't, that's okay. The story of Mary and Martha is Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Martha has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Again, a very short snippet. So Jesus comes to this village, and they go to Mary and Martha's house. Um, just for the record, they also have a brother named Lazarus. You may recall that story. So while Jesus is there, Martha knows that, boy, we've got to feed people because they've come to listen to Jesus. You know, I want my house to look nice. I want all the preparations to be, you know, in good because they recognize that Jesus was important. Not, I'm not sure they fully knew because if they did, she wouldn't have been so worried about all that stuff. So while she, while her heart is in the right place, it it her work and her concern for all the right things missed what really was the right thing. And her sister Mary was like, oh my goodness, Jesus is here. He is telling his story and I'm going to sit right at his feet and listen, which was amazing because remember, women were not treated very well. And to sit in an area where men are discussing and talking and learning, women probably weren't around unless they were serving or doing something of value for those men. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and just taking it all in. In the meantime, though, Martha has lost her focus for serving the Lord and now is just more concerned with this is hard. Now I'm getting super mad. And she's like, Jesus, do something about it. Like Mary shouldn't be sitting there in the first place. Kick her out. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. And I heard that in, in the Hebrew tradition, when you say somebody's name twice, it's like saying, Oh, honey, like, oh, like, 
almost like a nickname, like my full name's Christina. But when somebody says, oh, Chrissy, like, you know, it's just the shortened nickname love version. And he's saying, Martha, Martha, like, I'm not mad. But Mary really did pick the right thing. And you've just gotten worried about all the details. You know, it, it, you're doing good, but, but don't do it because it has to be done or your thing is better than hers. She actually chose the better thing. And so you're worried and upset about many things. Boy, aren't we worried and upset about many things? I just think and wonder if Jesus continued to share and to, after he said, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And maybe, maybe he took her by the hands and looked her in the face and said, Martha, Martha, it's going to be okay. I so am grateful for this amazing bread that you make and this like killer lamb that you've been cooking all day. I just chose lamb because it was super biblical. But maybe he did say, but I'm only here for a short time. And Mary's listening to what I'm teaching so that she can use it later. And I want you, and I know you're listening while you're cooking. And I know you're listening while you're cleaning around me. But don't get worked up about what needs to be done. Listen to what I have to say. Listen to my story. I have a good story and you are going to have a good story. You're going to have a great story to tell. You are going to be somebody that people will say spent time with Jesus. And so later when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, you can see where Martha has come around and she treats Jesus differently this time. But I love to know that Martha's story included frustration from hard work and frustration for wanting to do the right thing, but needing to be redirected. And so when Jesus shares his story with Martha, it changes her life. And she certainly changes ours in her story. I tell you those three stories just because all three of them sort of had things left out that can be translated, you know, however we think maybe Whatever we think happened, as crazy as that sound, ho hopefully we'll get to heaven and we'll hear, hear the full story or we won't, who knows. But I like to think of what might have Jesus said, what, what might the full story be? And clearly he has pointed out what we need to know. But I like the idea of our story mixing with Jesus's story. And, and we hear that sometimes that God is the author of our story. And it's true. He certainly has 
created us and knows you know where we're headed and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff but there is that that free will that he gives us and so sometimes we get off we get off script we get off um the page my mom says god writes straight with crooked lines and um god is certainly the author but occasionally when he's trying to write a straight story, we get off on a crooked line and he helps redirect us. Uh, and certainly when we are connecting with him. And so when I was in grief share and I still participate, it talks about sharing your story, sharing your story of grief with somebody else and how healing that is. You may have also heard that in situations of abuse or sexual abuse, where it is that person's story to tell. And sometimes it's difficult to tell. And sometimes painful to tell and not everybody is willing, even in a grief situation or, you know, just stories that haven't been easy for us, but we share them because in doing so, it gets it out there and it puts it in the light and it puts it in a perspective from how we feel and why what has happened may cause us to be who we are and there's healing in that and there's there's goodness in telling good stories too not only the stories that are difficult and hard but also the stories that make us proud or stories of things that are joyful in our life and when when we share that combination of stories of who we are what what makes us happy and what makes us sad and what makes us angry and what moves us to do what we do we connect with other people and the things that they feel and it's interesting because while people's grief is all very, very diverse. There's this center of grief that is common for everybody. And so even though somebody does something very different in their grieving process than I do, we can come together in the sharing of both being in that place of missing a human that is no longer here on earth. I, I love that. I love stories of how we overcome hard things. And it's so interesting because I, I shared with you that this was prompted by a phone call and I got to share my story. And then I had another opportunity where a friend is just 
going through some stuff and healing from it. And she's a, she's a mom of some littles and is hardworking and it's hard. And I shared a little tiny bit of understanding that I know how that feels and it's going to be okay. And I know that that encouragement helped, but it helps me too. When I share my story, whether it's grief from losing my mom or my dad or my father-in-law, I mean, certainly we have lots of deaths in our family. And when we share the grief that comes with it, there's healing in it. When I share successes that can only point to God's glory, that is a good thing. And whenever I share my faith, I know that I am planting a seed. And it is not necessarily one for me to watch grow to, you know, to the final place that that person should be. Sometimes my job is just to share the story and plant the seed, but it is important. And God gives us a lot of helpful hints on how to do that. Let's do a commercial and then I'll give you those helpful hints. Some of the best storytellers are also amazing listeners. Clearly, we saw that with Jesus Christ as he interacted with Zacchaeus and Martha and the woman at the well. No doubt he listened to their stories and gave them what they needed in order to be changed. I think of my one of my former bosses, his name is Tom, and he's now my good friend. We would go to an educational art conference, and he would listen to an art teacher's story as if they were the most important person in the room, in the booth, and that they would feel so good. He also would share what he knew and share some of his story. And in doing so, that interaction always made for a great customer and a great relationship. I talk about my sister Susie a lot, but she is an amazing salesperson. And it is because she listens to a person in effort to know what they like, what they need, what they want. And in so doing, she is able to sell and create a relationship. She also is a recovering alcoholic addict. And I don't say that to... Um, out her anonymity, she is so willing to help others. She reminds me of Mary um, in Mary and Martha because 
she will always choose the right thing in terms of listening and taking in information to learn and to grow and be better and then to share that out. Love, love, love that kind of how to interact and tell your story. In the Bible, there's lots and lots of verses that will help us do that, but some that resonated with me were 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. So, this was um, Paul speaking to the Thessalonian people, and he's saying, you know, you guys are doing the right things, but keep encouraging one another and building each other up. Tell your story. Share your stories. Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And it doesn't mean that you can't share a story about when you were fired or when you were hurt or assaulted or when you lost somebody or when something bad happened to you. As long as you're sharing this story to help somebody to... Um, make people aware, to help people understand, to help you understand, to learn and grow. That's what's, that's what it is meant by that. It, it, it means that we're not just like grumbling and griping about our story because then, then it's really not a story. It's more of a complaint. And so don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but help build others up. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Get together with people, meet with people, Church is a great place to do that, but there's, but you can be church to somebody else. You can meet with them and share with them and pray with them and encourage them. And there is divine intervention when you are helping somebody, whether it's in church, at a Bible study, at a prayer meeting, or at the farmer's market. When you meet up with somebody and you have a conversation and I'm giggling because I said the farmer's market, because I did run into a friend that we shared the same workplace and lots has gone on in the workplace that we were at. And so we talked and we shared and there was lots of building each other up. There is the presence of Christ in those moments when we are interacting like that. And I find that to be just absolutely amazing how God uses who we are and what we have done to tell our stories. 
you might wonder when to tell your story. I wouldn't really worry about that. There's going to be opportunities that present itself all the time. So for me, when do you tell your story? Always. Whenever you have an opportunity to tell your story in a way that it fits and is appropriate, do it. I tend to sometimes get a little overzealous and want to tell my story even when it's um, uninvited. Got to be a little bit careful because then sometimes you might sound like a big old bragger or it's all about you or that person who says, you know, oh, I ate a hamburger for lunch. And then you're like, oh, you ate a hamburger for lunch. Well, I ate a bigger hamburger for lunch or I, I had a hamburger and fries. You know, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to come across as it's all about me. Sharing your story fits the best when there's interaction going and when somebody invites you to share the story or when the situation prompts your story amongst other people's story. The, the secret is the Holy Spirit. It is that part of God, that part of Jesus that is here with us right now that gives us the words to say, it is the only way that I can ever last for more than 20 minutes telling my story and making it relevant to who you are. And I love it when somebody says, oh my gosh, I really loved this part or um, that really helped me. And sometimes I'm like, boy, I don't even remember what I said. Sometimes I go back and listen to a story that I have told thinking, wow, I didn't even remember saying that. That is just so God filling me with the right things to say for the right people to hear it. So if you are somebody who is listening today, it's really not the appeal of Chrissy Boggy, the hippie Christian who cares. It is the appeal of knowing that God will give you what you need to hear on a particular day. And maybe sometimes it's just me being funny and that's okay too. Starting with God, our father, go to him and share your story. Talk about your story and ask him how to open up opportunities for you to share, for you to share your story, for you to share Jesus and for you to connect with others. Take time to listen to other people's story. It is in their stories too that our lives are changed and made better and, and we grow from it. Make sure though that you do tell your story. It is your story to tell. It is an important story and I for one would love to hear it. Have a wonderful week my friends.